hi everyone welcome to a new episode of actually this is not advice i'm nadia and this is vienda good morning vienda how are you today i'm really well i'm in a really good mood because i think i've tricked myself into believing that winter is over (laughs) already wow when the first of march comes around i feel like it's spring that's my that's my start well the reason is because i looked at the weather app yesterday and on sunday monday it's like 20 degrees so i'm like that's it winter's over i'm done great i'm so happy Amazing. i'm a little bit jealous just a little bit because <laughs> as you know i'm not like a, oh my gosh i need summer or sun all the time so vienda lives in spain i'm in london yeah um hence the temperature difference <laughs> yeah yeah how was your valentine's Ooh, my valentine's so yesterday was valentine's day yeah we're recording this on what what is it wednesday today the 15th yeah yeah my valentine's day was lovely i was planning on being at home cooking watching a movie just like mm, being in my bed by myself yeah (laughs) um and then my friend giselle she asked me um if I wanted to be her Valentine's. That's um, so cute. <laughs> basically because she saw these these girls making like Valentine's cookies on TikTok and she was like, I wanted to try this. <laughs> and she asked if I wanted to to partake. Um no, and basically we built we built a whole evening around it. It was really beautiful. I went to her house and we cooked pasta and she had like this romantic tablescape set up. Um, her mom joined us and we had dinner and then we made the cookies and they looked really fun. It's like basically with icing and you just decorate them. And we basically, well, mostly me, I decorated them with really rude words. <laughs> <laughs> so I made a bunch of rude cookies and then we watched a movie that was supposed to be romantic. It turned out to be not so romantic um have you seen oh you're not subscribed to anything are you no but i still sometimes stream things (gasps) illegally yes i love (laughs) being illegal it's my my nature (laughs) that could be that could be another episode in itself (laughs) i love to be illegal Um, so for all the people with subscriptions out there (laughs) Um, this is not an ad, by the way. Um, <laughs> this, is watched, not advice. <laughs> this is not advice. This is not an ad. We watched Shotgun Wedding on Amazon Prime. Oh, you um, know what? I watched a part of that and I was like, this is crap. Sorry <laughs> to everyone who liked it. It was just such utter crap. Why did you think it was crap? Because it lacked any, like, originality and... <laughs> The characters were so surface level. It was just boring and terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was like a typical, it just had like a plot that it had to follow kind of thing. Um, it was quite, I mean, you didn't finish it. So it 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 was quite original in the, yeah, in, in what happened. Like I was like, I didn't expect that stuff to happen. Okay. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, yeah definitely. I felt like it was a cheap attempt to make money because of the stars yeah like, because okay. of the cast like I do I did enjoy the cast I love JLo in movies mm-hmm. and um I think she's so funny and amazing and Josh whatever his last name is 
um the the guy that plays like her groom and like I, the their dynamic was funny and they were mm-hmm. really great together we enjoyed yeah. that but yeah i mean the movie it's not like in my top 10 list no. of best movies of all time <laughs> it was just entertaining we had a really nice night i literally ended up leaving at like after midnight um so yeah had a great valentine's day it was lovely we wrote each other valentine's day cards <laughs> like we did the whole thing um yeah. what about you what did you do yesterday i had a really gorgeous day as well i'm not in a relationship right now so i was like even though i don't buy into this because I feel like it's a day to celebrate love of all kinds. It's also a day where I can really make an um, example out of romancing myself. Exactly. And and that was my intention. Like I was like, today I'm going to do whatever my heart desires. And that's it. And I still had like work. I had a work day yesterday as well. Mm. Um, but it was gorgeous. I mean, I got a few perfunctory texts from ex-boyfriends that I get every <laughs> year. No I'm always way. like, are you guys not in relationships? Like, seriously? In serio? Like, what are you doing? But, I mean, whatever. And <laughs> and then, like, you know, I this is what I love about girlfriends. All of uh, all the girls are like, well, I love you. You're the most beautiful person I've ever met. You know, and I adore that about women. Like, we can just yeah. express ourselves like that to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, actually, one of my friends came to my house while I was out and posted a little postcard she had made like a little not postcard like a valentine's card she had made it was just Aww. so cute and I literally just did the sweetest things like I exercised I went for a long walk by the sea I I like nourished myself really well I took things slow I don't know I was just really like in my heart center and I was like wow romancing myself is very easy <laughs> I like do this all, all the time that's nice yeah it is isn't it it's like I think we are in a position as well because we're like self-employed which is nice where we can I feel the same way I romance myself all the time Mm -hmm. like literally because that's what it's like it's like it's doing these these things these simple things like going for a walk taking things slow enjoying the sun on your face or the rain whatever it is like reading a book you wanted to read making yourself food or like talking to friends like just that slow approach to life I feel Mm -hmm. very very lucky obviously I chose this freelance life but I also feel lucky that I get to do that on most days because I can make my own schedule um I wholeheartedly agree I mean being self-employed in any shape or form has its challenges that people who work for someone else just will never consider or face. Mm-hmm. However, the spaciousness and freedom to live your life on your own terms in your own timing is a luxury that I will never, ever take for granted. It's so worth it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is really, really beautiful. <laughs> It's oh sorry I, I don't know if you heard that my cats were just fighting. <laughs> no, no, it's all good on this side. You know, like they were going from like grooming each other to like slapping each other in the face. Like what, <laughs> what, what's going on? The grooming got a little bit too aggressive. <laughs> too aggressive. Talking about love and Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, actually, I also got a text from this guy that I've been on a few dates with, like first thing in the morning, and Ooh. I was like we're not in like primary school anymore we don't have to do this that was my response in my head (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, okay. I'm glad you didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote back and said, I hope you have all the kinds of love that you wish for. <laughs> oh, maybe it's just like romantic. But it's weird maybe. that like ex-boyfriends would write you on Valentine's Day. It's very strange. Well, no, um, it's not because they're still in love with me. It's just... <laughs> um i feel like men hold on to past relationships longer than women do like they always want to have at least a toe in there just in case that's my experience anyway whereas women are like you know what i'm done that's not your experience (laughs) no my experience is like the opposite (laughs) ah the complete opposite I feel like the men that well I haven't been like in a, in a lot of relationships because I was married for like 11 years um but I feel like the men even like that I've just been on a bunch of date with dates with or that I've just talked to nothing serious whatever I feel like the men that keep creeping in with like random texts are not the ones I wouldn't say like they're in love I feel like they're just the ones that try to keep you um you know on the what what is it called back burner <laughs> like oh, yeah, they, yeah yeah and like the just, plan b just in case yeah, they just think like, doesn't work out exactly they whether they have something going on or not right now i feel like they just want to try and keep the connection even if it's a little bit just so that there's like a back door open somewhere just in yeah. case yeah so that's the same thing i feel like yeah. men do that everywhere all the time they're always like just just keep these little doors slightly open just in case yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, that's what I'm say, saying. I don't think they're like in love with me. I think they're just, um, yeah, they're just trying to keep something warmed up uh, in, in case, in case they get hungry. Oh, can I have a keep little? Keep my dinner warm. Yeah, keep in my case dinner warm. I come home. It's so annoying. <laughs> also, the amount of people in the last four weeks is crazy. The amount of people that have tried to creep back into my life, you won't believe it. Like old friends people from my past like church and like people I haven't spoken like spoken to actually spoken to in 15 years um or like in five years or like people just trying to like creep in and pop into my dms or in my emails because they don't have my number anymore (laughs) it could be because your energy shifted and when your energy shifts then people feel more magnetized what they feel like like when your energy shifts people around you feel it on some level Uh, and they respond to that and I'm like delete 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 (laughs) if I don't have like your number in my phone you are not my friend yes exactly I feel that I kind of feel like this is a good segue to talk about religion Mm. because you have was it a good segue (laughs) because you said that you the people from your past from church were contacting you and mm, so yeah, yeah. this will be a good place to actually explain what that means to the people listening. Like, what mm. church? Why <laughs> are they contacting you? What are you? What were you a part of? What was happening? Tell us. It's going to be such a long conversation, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but we're going to try and be concise as much as we yeah. can. We're trying to. We might, you know, over the course of however long this podcast will run, like 10 years, who like, knows? Um, back in. <laughs> we will yeah I'm sure we will talk about this topic of you know more than one time but um sorry for everyone that you know tuned in and thought we were gonna talk about love (laughs) 
Oh yeah. <laughs> because Sorry. that's what that's how that's how that's we started the conversation we? on a different day. <laughs> We're just gonna, you know, pull the brake and eh, go into a different direction. So yeah. Um yeah, I grew up in church and um I grew That's a funny up- way that's a funny thing to say. I grew up in church. What does that mean? Like you were a nun? Inside the building. Um, <laughs> pretty much. I was born in, in church. Um, so my parents, I'm Italian. Um, and usually when people hear that, they think, oh, yeah, you grew up Catholic, right? Yeah. Um, but I didn't. Um, I was in the unfortunate percentage <laughs> um, of Italians who are actually evangelicals. Um, so evangelical churches, like for people who don't know what that is or have never been in touch with it, you might have probably heard of like evangelical churches in the context of American Christianity, um, where they have like Bible believing born again Christianity. And that's the best way to put it. So evangelical churches, what's different, you know, from like Catholic church, um, or, you know, I don't know, Church of England, is that they're Bible-believing. They believe the Bible is to be taken pretty much literally. Interesting. Um, And um, they believe, like, the core message of the gospel, if I would just explain it in, like, very, very quick way, summarize it, is you're a sinner. Everyone is a sinner. Everyone is born a sinner. Every person. Uh, Everyone is born bad. And Jesus died for your sins, so you can have a way to come to God. And so if you believe that, that makes you a Christian, then you become a Christian. You're not just born into it, you have to believe it. So Mm -hmm. people have like, they pray a prayer um, and kind of give their life over to Jesus. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, And then then you're saved, then you're going to heaven. (laughs) Um, Even saying that... Excellent. Sounds like a good plan, doesn't it? Even, oh my gosh, Vienda, even saying it out loud now, like it sounds like I hear myself, I hear the words, and I'm thinking, like, are you insane? What are you saying? (laughs) Um, But this was my life for 33 years. Mm. Um, I fully, fully believe this is how I grew up. Like, Mm. my parents were in that they they were born into that because of their parents and um we read the bible every evening in our house uh went to bible camp went to church a few times a week for different events um and i grew up with that messaging from being a baby from childhood that i'm a sinner i'm bad i need jesus yeah um that that was my upbringing when i was 17 i did the whole giving my life to Jesus myself. Like I prayed the prayer and I was like, yes, I recognize I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. I need to be saved. And then I got baptized in a lake. Um, Cause um, evangelicals do, they don't usually don't do children's baptisms. They do. You decide when you're a grown up when you want to be baptized. Yeah. Um, so I got baptized in the lake wearing like this white long gown. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Um I wish I could see a photo of that. There is there there are photos I can show you. Um I can send you some photos after this call. <laughs> um it's, yeah, it's pretty bad. Um and yeah, I, I I did the whole Christian career. I 
very, very much my whole identity revolved around that. I went to Bible college and studied theology for three years. That's where, um, like, shortly after that, I got married to my ex-husband, who was also, like, in church and, uh, you know, believed the same things in the same way. I didn't have sex before marriage. So I got married at 24, um, didn't have sex before that, because, uh, yeah, I was promised, you know, if you wait... You will have the most amazing. It's a sin to have sex outside of marriage. Yes, Uh, even though the Bible doesn't clearly say that, but whatever. Um, (laughs) It's a really great way to control women. So (laughs) it is. Uh, Did yeah? Did the whole Christian thing? Served in ministry in church. All my friends were in church. My whole social network, everything, Mm. um, for like three decades. Yeah, it's very intense. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I have two questions. Mm-hmm. One is <laughs> not relating to religion. I'm laughing because I'm like, this is how my brain works. How did you go from studying theology to becoming a photographer? Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the two are not really connected, but uh, I've I've always been a creative. I've always, like, as a child, always done, you know, painting, drawing, making things with my hands. And the only reason why I didn't you know study that at uni or do anything artsy like as a formal education was because I didn't know it was possible to do anything creative as a job as a real job Hmm. um so I grew up in the 90s in Germany I have to uh, add that (laughs) and um because my parents immigrated to Germany when I was young and so everyone around me had the same like four jobs um teacher nurse engineer um and maybe something else that i can't yeah, think like of. safe stable. yeah yeah everyone like a like a council job or something at, at, at the at the government sorry not council like a government job like something everyone did the same things i didn't know a single person who was doing anything creative um and when i thought about studying art i thought well you can't that was the message all around me you can't make money with art you can't live off of art like that is a Mm -hmm. you know the Mm -hmm. the universal message in my world that that was what it was and um even though I really loved it and I I was really bad at school with most subjects I wasn't a good student um and so when I finished my a-levels like I, I took a gap year and I came to London then I went back to Germany and I thought well I'll probably do something social um and to this day I think that's the path that a lot of Christians go down because also because that's like the way you grow up in like in church like you you have especially if you're a woman well to be of service right yes to be of service you're gonna you're gonna have a profession that where you help people in some kind of way Um, and so I thought that's what I will do, but I didn't get into uni to study social work, even though my grades were, um, fine for that course. I didn't get in, I got on a waiting list. And so while I was on the waiting list, I thought, well, I'll go to Bible college. Cause so many people from my church went to Bible college for a year or three years. And I thought, let me do that while I'm on the waiting list. But then mm-hmm. I did the full thing. I did my BA, I did three years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually really good. Um, it was a really good time. Like I loved studying the Bible. It was very interesting. And it kind of, I think it's also responsible for me dismantling my faith later on. 
Yeah, which is um, going to be my second question. But then how did yeah. you get into photography? What happened? Yeah, basically, um, photography started, I didn't take photos before the age of 19. I didn't own a camera or anything. It was, there wasn't digital cameras back then either. <laughs> yeah. um, and so when I was 19, I went to London for my gap year. My parents gave me a little point and shoot as a gift. Um, a little point and shoot digital. It was one of the first point and shoot digital cameras that came out. Um, it was it was so cheap. It was like some weird brand, um, very clunky, tiny display in the back. But yeah, that it was amazing to have that. And I took photos of everything during my gap year, my work, my friends of London, everything. And I really started falling in love with photography. Mm. And then I came back to Germany and studied theology. And while I was studying, like I, I was still taking photos and sharing them with just my friends, you know, showing them my photos and obviously you know your friends are like oh my gosh yeah this is amazing because <laughs> they're your yeah. friends yeah and then my camera broke and one of my closest friends one day she stood in front of my door with a canon um dslr and yeah. she handed it to me and she was like here you need this i think your your artist soul needs to have this that was oh, literally that was beautiful yeah, that was life changing. Like she literally just handed me a DSLR, my first DSLR. And when I got that one, that's when I started actually, because before I didn't really do that, taking photos of people mm. and ma making portraits. And then it was a bit of a snowball system. So yeah, Bible college is a bit of a sub universe in it. You know, it's its own planet, and there's a lot of couples in Bible college. There's a lot of engagements happening mm -hmm. um, because that's kind of part of the point, isn't it? <laughs> for, isn't for it? Some, like in the old days, for some days, people, for some in, people, it is, for yeah. sure. But traditionally, women would go to these colleges. Traditionally, like fifty to a hundred years ago, women would go to mm. these colleges to meet their husbands, so they could meet someone who was yeah. educated and and yeah. could provide for them. And blah 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 like that yeah. was the mindset back then yes yeah I guess um that that's definitely yes true and it's true for bible college for sure there was definitely girls there who said they want to marry a pastor um and you know that's why they're there da, da, da. so mm -hmm. there were lots of couples there and they saw me you know with my camera around and were like can you take some engagement photos for us um and then the first person was like can you shoot a wedding you know and even though I had no experience or credentials but this is how I started um mm. that was my first network was church and so that's how I yeah that's where I shot my first weddings and then it snowballed from there into yeah. a 10-year career in wedding photography um mm. and I, I graduated from bible college and I just knew I'm not going to work, you know, in church or in a ministry. I really just want to make photos. Um, and yeah. so I literally just launched myself into my own business with no idea, with no clue what I was doing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that takes me to my second question. So religion or like evangelical Christianity was mm -hmm. such an immersive part of your life, even to the point that it was the start, the starting to your career your marriage everything then what happened when you were 33 for you mm -hmm. to decide to have a new perspective mm. uh so yeah it was a slow progression I think it, it I didn't just wake up 
when I was 33 and be like, I'm leaving church, right? And <laughs> so it was the, it was a slow um, thing over the years. It's just that when I was 33, I left completely. But before that, so I would say maybe the last three years of, not the last three years, the first From 30 three, to 33. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> um, the first three years of my 30, so from 30 to 33, were very, very intense time of studying and researching and questioning for me. So I've always been the question. Why? Type. What, ca- what was the catalyst for you to be like, wait a second, I want to yeah. learn more about this. What am I doing? Well, I've always, I've always been like that. Um, even when I was like a teenager in church and all throughout my 20s serving in church, I was never, as you maybe can imagine, even though I believed it with my heart, I was not the quiet, meek type. Um, mm. I was always getting into discussions with the elders in church, um, with men, with like about rules and about things where I was like, well, but that's not actually even biblical that's not in the bible like I would question things I was always like that um it's just that the questions with time got more serious and deeper um so I think there's not just one catalyst that I can point to you know Hmm. I think it was a lot of things with the with my late 20s me going to therapy for the first time me starting to read self-help books that were not christian (laughs) books Mm -hmm. um me starting to learn about my own wounding my past um and having a very 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 difficult marriage because it was a trauma bond between me and my Mm ex-husband and so me starting to like trying to like understand myself and heal things led to so many other questions right coming up um about everything not just about myself about my marriage about love then it 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 led to questions about um, god as well and um yeah there's not just one catalyst you know it was I started really really my late 20s and my early 30s was just a time of studying questioning and the questions got I'm a very intense why person I always ask why and I cannot stop I cannot stop until I'm at the core of something I'm just not able to so the questions went from um you know well, why can't women preach in church, which were discussions I would have, you know, for years in church with people mm-hmm. to more see more like, well, why is God referred to as a man, as he, as the Lord, as king, as father in the Bible, um, if God actually doesn't have a gender? So why don't we call it other things as well? Um, and then it went from from that even deeper to like questioning hell or heaven um, and other things that didn't make sense in the Bible and my own experience that was traumatizing as well, you know, mm-hmm. with like growing up hearing you're a sinner, you know, you're actually not worth anything, um, which wouldn't imagine it wouldn't. Yeah, just, it, nobody so would say it like that. It yeah. is destructive. like nobody would say you're not worth anything, but that's the underlying thing that you take as a child. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it just kept going. And I remember in Bible college, I was 21. I was a baby Christian. (laughs) (laughs) I remember sitting there and our professor was like, uh, talking about something. And as a, in a side sentence, he mentioned, well, Adam and Eve were not real historical people probably. And then blah, blah, blah. And he kept going Mm. and I was sitting there. Now it seems so obvious. I was looking at him thinking, what? (laughs) 
what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Funny. <laughs> yeah, how, what do you mean they were not historical real people? Because up until that point, that was the only thing that we heard were in church that we were taught. Yeah. Um, that they actually existed as people. And it, that was a beautiful thing about Bible college, even though it was actually a conservative college and all the professors were born again, Bible believing Christians. I realized that behind the scenes, even these conservative theologians don't, uh, are not sure of a lot of things um, and don't agree on a lot of things either necessarily. But the problem is, on stage in church they will present it as facts and as the truth Hmm. Um, because that's the only way how you can control people right um if you spread doubt you can't control people right yeah if you Um, admit that we don't actually know that much and we don't have all the answers then you can't get people to like tie themselves to something a hundred percent and then he said that and i was like but isn't that the whole point the whole foundation the whole foundation of the con of the gospel that adam and eve existed they ate the apple which is called the sin fall so Mm. sin entered the world this is what i was taught sin entered the world because adam and eve disobeyed and because of that sin jesus had to die um so it's like if that if they didn't exist that means the sin fall didn't really happen so why did jesus die then so the whole gospel doesn't make any sense anymore. So this whole story is falling apart at the seams, guys. Exactly. It's <laughs> like I was like I was sitting there and my mind started like racing. I was 21, but obviously yeah, I took another decade um for things to really unravel because if you have the information doesn't mean you're really doing so you have to you're going to do something with it because as a Christian it's very scary when your whole identity and world system falls apart, right? Oh my God, and not so, just as a Christian, as a person. Yes, yes. If everything you once believed, mm-hmm. you realize is not true. If everything you base your yeah. entire life on gets pulled yeah. out from under you, then you're in, yeah. you have a, you're in an identity crisis. You're like, who am I right. as a human being? How do I mm-hmm. even exist? Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly, absolutely. And so you have to kind of have, and which is what I had for most of my life um you have to have a lot of cognitive dissonance to be a christian uh you have to ignore a lot of realities to be able to believe what you want to believe (laughs) you have to ignore a lot of things and so yeah that's what happened but it kind of started this this unraveling it's like you pull a thread on a jumper and you pull and you pull and you pull until nothing is left and the Mm -hmm. whole jumper is gone that's that's how that felt to me um deconstructing mm-hmm. my faith uh personally um where where just i started questioning one thing and then the next and the next and the next and it's it it just fell apart it's like it didn't hold up right and yeah. so the last yeah um my late 20s my early 30s were kind of so intense and then it it came kind of together with the ending of my marriage where uh, for me, for a long time, that wasn't an option because I thought, well, divorce is a sin, right? It's unchristian. Um, yeah, it's unchristian. And then I uh, talked to different people in church and trying to get advice, and I came to the conclusion as well, like, well, if if God is love and God exists, then He wants, He doesn't want um, our marriage to just exist for the sake of it, like 
then this God, his priority must be that we are healthy and happy individuals, right? Whatever mm -hmm. that looks like, it's not the upholding of the institution itself. And then um, when my marriage ended, it kind of was the catalyst for me to really, really question everything. There was nothing more to lose. Like, and yeah, it was it was very intense, but um, there's a whole there's a whole chain of events and linked things, you know, that happen and that kind of led to that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very wow. very intense. But um, yeah, so that yes, sorry. Mm, no, no problem. Yeah, that that I was just gonna say that was my my life experience, and there's a lot of um, yeah, just a lot of religious trauma that comes with that, and um, I now view evangelical Christianity as extremely toxic and harmful mm. um for so for yeah so many reasons um which we'll probably have to make a part two on <laughs> yeah. um, but and I'm very vocal about that too um because for as long as Christians will not shut up about their beliefs and trying to tell others I won't shut up either <laughs> about how harmful it is That's fair. I think that's really fair. Right? Also because you've had to work really hard to rebuild your life since then and yeah. and repair all the damage and harm that was done through a belief system that isn't about supporting people to be their most authentic, mm -hmm. joyful, happy self, but about fitting into a system and almost like a business so that they can be controlled like a herd. Yes, yeah, exactly. And the funny thing is that pattern, that kind of structure, you can see it everywhere. It's not just in Christianity. Absolutely. You can see that hierarchy and that structure in so many other, obviously, religions, but also in the spiritual space, what people call mm -hmm. spirituality and and all of that. Like you can see that there, there's the same, like, similar structure. And it's funny because a lot of times when Christians exit Christianity, that's where they go to they go into that spiritual space because they mm. kind of they replace one thing with the next you know mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and maybe like you're you're more I want to speak to this actually because yeah. it's really interesting so for me I'm, I'm going to give a quick background because it's very different to yours I was baptized Roman Catholic but I was never a practicing yeah. person in any kind yeah. of religion which I'm yeah. grateful for my mother really gave me permission to do whatever I wanted in life in general, which has its pros and its cons. Um, <laughs> and um, I definitely went down the spirituality route, which was very spontaneous. I never like read books or anything, but I started meditating when I was in my early 20s. And I started mm -hmm. to sort of connect to this sense of there is this immense power that is bigger than I as a human being could ever mm -hmm. even conceptualize and mm -hmm. when I connect to that and and it's almost like this um deep respect and honoring for life itself and nature as an entity that is alive and and creative and and beautiful and so that was very very special to me but and and it has been and also when I noticed that when as I noticed that the spirituality scene became commodified and marketed and things like that and all of a sudden people had to like 
buy special meditation cushions to meditate I'm like you don't fucking need anything you can just sit on the floor <laughs> yeah. or like you know like all these ideas like I need to have these special beads these mala beads so that mm-hmm. I can like count. no you don't need any of that <laughs> anyway mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. off the tangent but my experience with religion then has been and I'm not saying this is an absolute truth this is just my personal experience mm-hmm. is that people go to religion when they are at their wits end when they mm-hmm. have nothing left as a form of I'm what's the word I'm looking for it's kind of like a well it's like it's comfort it's help it's like a rescue saving you know all kinds yeah of- it's it's just like when you're at your end then mm-hmm. you go to religion and I say that from a very personal experience my mother has mental health issues she has had since I was probably well at least as far as I can remember Mm -hmm. since I was like four or five anxiety Mm -hmm. depression um personality disorder kind of things a blend of things which is you know her own trauma and her own stuff and I know she grew up in quite a religious not dissimilar to what you were sharing background Mm -hmm. which is probably why she gave me that freedom so Mm -hmm. she wouldn't enforce that on me but whenever she was going through one of her more difficult mental health phases, she would go to religion. And so I watched her go from like weird new age hippie stuff where she was just wearing orange all the time. And I was like, dude, orange is not your color. Um, and then, then she became a Baha'i, which I don't even know how to explain it, but it's another faith. Mm-hmm. I don't know even know enough about it. I just remember like driving for two days to the, go to this church where she could like do their version of being baptized, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then um, sort of being in that really like intensely, fiercely for a few years and then coming out of it and then becoming Christian. Mm-hmm. And again, like, you know, feeling like she was going to be finally be saved and she's finally going to find her people and she's going to finally be a part of this community and she's finally going to look find what she was looking for which I think mm-hmm. I think what she's looking for is connection and just to feel safe and secure but you can never find that in these external spaces because in the end no matter what community you're a part of humans are humans and humans are gonna do good things and bad things and there's no way of getting away from that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I and I know she did that because she was desperate. And then I've had um, other experiences recently in the last year, which I find really interesting. A few friends who are very, very deeply involved in and extrapolating, so like really loudly speaking about mm new age spirituality like this is the energy of this and that and like human design and astrology and not that like I love all those things but I also don't take them as a complete truth I don't immerse myself into anything because I just don't believe there is such a thing that can encapsulate the whole truth I don't even Mm -hmm. think that human beings have the capacity to understand life and the full spectrum and the full picture of it we're just here to experience it which is, oh, another conversation. But I saw four people go from this like very intense new age spirituality, following all the trends, la la la, to suddenly becoming hardcore Christians and dropping everything at to the point where they were saying that everything they had done in the past up to this point 
was a sin and evil and bad. That is intense. That is intense. Which is so shocking because I'm like, wow, yeah. you know, like to defame yourself like that and mm-hmm. and and decide that, you know, one of them was um, um, she did this thing called, she taught it, like she had thousands of people who did her course. It was something like, um, feminine archetype dancing it's called eros dancing okay and so it was about embodying different feminine archetypes through movement in your body in mm-hmm. order to learn how to express those parts and maybe heal those parts so for example if you have a lot of shame in a certain area um which a lot of women will carry on from generations past especially if, for example you were taught things like that sex is evil then yeah. being able to work through that kind of shame through um, movement and and embodiment practices I think is really helpful so one of them was teaching that and then went to this other extreme end where she was like that was evil that was um, a sin uh, you know all of that and just destroyed it no, it's crazy. Yeah, it must be so strange to witness that as a friend, um, in people that go from one to the other. And I think that was the same with like my friends and former friends, some of them, who who saw me have this one eighty paradigm shift, like mm-hmm. from being a Christian and like all wrapped up in it to to being an atheist. <laughs> I think it must have been the same for them, like just the other way around. Like what? the hell is happening like how can you just go from one extreme to the other um and sometimes I think if you if you were in an extreme sometimes the pendulum swings like completely to the other side for a while Mm -hmm. as well that makes sense to me yeah yeah because you don't really you do have to find your balance I guess as well Mm -hmm. yeah like when you when you said you know you grew up without any specific you know your mom didn't force anything on you um any beliefs and then you started meditating like how did you who did you follow like how did you know how to do that like did you have anyone that you were looking towards anyone that told you about it where did you find out about meditating like how did you well, start that's, that that's really interesting because that's the funny thing I didn't I didn't follow anyone I didn't like I didn't have any beliefs in anything Mm -hmm. it was really spontaneous Mm -hmm. it happened when I was spending a lot of time in nature Mm -hmm. and I was going through a lot of healing in myself because I'd had a really challenging childhood and Mm -hmm. I went from being quite rigid in myself because I had to protect myself for so long Mm-hmm. to softening and learning to connect with my own inner voice and my own intuition and in that process mm-hmm. I noticed that something that really helps me work through and heal and and move through these things was to just sit with myself in stillness and listen inwards and mm-hmm. I remember one of the first times I did that um I like literally cried the whole night because I realized that all the pain that I'd experienced in my life, I was responsible for in terms of that I'd held on to it in an, in an effort of self-defense and effort. So for me, meditation is literally sitting with yourself in stillness and mm-hmm. 
and and feeling inwards more than anything it's like this mm-hmm. inner listening practice and I actually I'm lazy I'm a leer I love to lay down I'm like people like sit down to meditate I'm like it's why <laughs> <laughs> so I lay down I generally just lay down and I feel inwards and mm-hmm. sometimes there's nothing sometimes it's just me feeling the vibration and the essence of my own being and then sometimes there's some information that but there's a lot around like non-attachment there's a lot around just like it's almost like quality quality time with yourself like just being with yourself without expectation without Mm -hmm. um any aim or goal or anything it's just spending time with yourself and truly feeling yourself and Mm -hmm. and that's it it's very very simple and doesn't require anything except you and yourself and presence (laughs) and I started doing that and I didn't know what that it was meditation until like a year or two later when I think a friend of mine invited me to go see this Buddhist monk talk Mm -hmm. and he was talking about meditation and how it works and and I was like oh my god I've been doing that for years (laughs) that is so fascinating that you just did that naturally uh intuitively by yourself yeah Um, that is so beautiful and I think that's what happens when we're just left to our own devices right um we just connect and it's usually nature if you look at indigenous people indigenous nations somewhere who have you know before they've been touched by christianity or like you know the western world and stuff they all have some kind of nature worship um and they all have some kind of practice like that or ancestor worship and to me even though I don't believe in like, you know, anything having like a special power, it's, it's about your belief in it anyway. But I, that makes more sense to me because nature is there. You can see it, you can touch it. Like Mm -hmm. your ancestors, they were really there. They existed. (laughs) Like, um, so it makes more sense to me to, you know, when, when people, I don't know, they touch a tree or they pray to the earth and the soil and they think, the sun or the rain like at least that makes sense to me because I can see it like yeah. it's there <laughs> and it's it's beautiful to think that um because it's providing you with something that makes total sense to me and it's the the most organic and natural way of like being connected to something and to the earth and and it's what people have done forever before mm-hmm. institutionalized religion came on the map yeah exactly and then also organized spirituality and 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 um what's the word when you make money from something commercialized spirituality yeah commercialized yeah because i mean to me it's insane how the quote unquote spiritual wellness industry has become this Mm -hmm multi-billion dollar business and I'm like spirituality is you connecting with you and then wider into the essence of all exists here and now it costs nothing and it requires nothing except you and your presence and your attention so how Mm -hmm. is this even happening Mm -hmm. exactly yeah you don't need like specific yoga pants you don't need specific anything um that That is so so true it's and that's why I'm so so skeptical of that whole world too after leaving Christianity like every time 
like spiritual stuff pops up uh, on my social media or someone talks about it that I meet and they're like, oh, do you want to join my course? <laughs> do you want to, you know, I'm doing this abundance thing or I'm doing this, or I'm doing that. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, 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 very cautious um, of people selling anything that is connected to spirituality because mm -hmm. I'm like, who are you? Because I've lived with that authority for so long, like, you know, people like having authority over others yeah. um, and abusing it. Um, mm -hmm. That I'm like, well, who are you to teach me that? Why? What's your credentials? Why are you better than me in this? Like, if I can connect to myself by myself, why do I need you to tell me? Yeah, exactly. And also that there could be a, the judgment of the right or wrong way. Because in my perspective, mm -hmm. everyone's mm -hmm. connection and spiritual experience is unique to them because nothing stands between you and you and the universe. Nothing. Yeah, so, like, you exactly. are going to have your own individual experience and no one can tell you this is right or wrong. And this is something that kind of irks me, especially with for example, some meditation teachers who are like, this is the process you have to do and this is the steps and there's no other way and la la and it's like, well, actually, mm -hmm. who are you to tell someone how they can connect? Like some people, they meditate when they're lying down like me. Some people meditate by running. Some people meditate by mm -hmm. spending long days in the garden touching the earth. Like there is no right or wrong way. There's your way. And if that works, that's, that's all that matters exactly oh, I love that and that's the and that's the thing that um I think is so important to me now that um there isn't this one truth anymore mm. and there isn't that one certainty and that only the only way like Jesus is the way <laughs> um okay. you know that, that that the truth doesn't exist that is so so important to me now and I I defend that like with my life now because do you remember when you were here at my house mm -hmm. and I was saying we were talking about past lives <laughs> okay, yeah. and, which which we will have to do on this podcast at some point yes, um and uh yeah I was I was telling you like how weird like how I find like how weird I find that first of all mm -hmm. but also that to me It, that it can't it's not possible that every religion in the world is true like yeah it, it is real for the people individually but that their actual factual truth like it's not logical because then we would have to have all these different heavens and places and all these different gods are somewhere in the universe they're floating around so this group has this god and that exists for real and this other group has like thousands of gods and they're also somewhere floating around like that's <laughs> not possible so yeah exactly so like to me when i was a christian and even now i'm like well either there's only one truth and everyone else is wrong um and obviously i don't believe that um or none of them are true Because it's not possible that all of them are true. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just I, not yeah. possible. Yeah. And so, and you said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love what you said. You were like, yeah, none of them are true. They're just, they're just, you know, you believe in them. They're real for you. Yeah. Um, and I didn't But expect I think, you to say that, actually. I think that's a paradox that we as human beings need to learn to embrace. That mm -hmm. as human beings, we need to believe certain things in order to make sense of the world in some way 
But at the same time, recognize that choosing to believe something doesn't automatically make it absolute truth. So, for example, I choose to believe that love is one of the highest values in life, that when we seek to experience the world through the eyes and, and the feeling of love when we choose to act out of a place of love the world is a better place that's a belief I choose because Mm -hmm. it makes me feel better and it makes me a better person Mm -hmm. is it based on anything no it's just something that I've chosen to believe because it feels good to me so I mean it's kind of based on your experience as well because you you when you treat people in a certain way you experience something in return. You're like, oh yeah, this this makes sense to live this way, right? That's true, yeah. But that's because I choose to believe it. So mm-hmm. from a psychology perspective, there's, um, what is it called? The, activa- the reticular activating system. Mm-hmm. This is something that happens in our brains when we choose to believe something, we will experience it. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. doesn't matter what you believe. And so that's why it's really important to actually look at beliefs like, is this belief actually serving me? Does it true or not? Doesn't matter. But is it giving me something that makes me and the world a better place or is it not? And that's it. And at the same time to be like, you know what? Doesn't even matter if it's entirely true. Like if I want to believe in, and I play, I play with this a lot. Like I believe there's a God for the ocean and a God for the skies and a God for parking and a God for like whatever. So I like (laughs) talk to these little gods as almost like they're not real, but it's just a way of me interacting with the world of being like, okay, Mm. God, it's parking. Please give me a car park right here when I get there. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So would you, I guess that answers my question that I was about to ask you, but like, I I wanted to like know how you would describe your belief now. Like, do you believe in an actual being, like in a God? Do, would you label yourself or not? Like, how would you describe your belief system now? My belief system is that I am a human having a physical experience and I know nothing. And so I get to just make things up as I go along. <laughs> that's basically it and and essentially that there is something like I'm an atheist there is something that is unexplainable to the limitations Mm -hmm. of my human mind Mm -hmm. and I can feel it and be connected to it and be a part of it and not understand it or know what it is and that I'm okay with that yeah Mm -hmm. what about you thanks for sharing um yeah I uh I don't know, you know, I think, yeah, I I would call myself an atheist. I don't believe that a God exists in the sense of there's an actual being with a brain and intelligence that is, you know, doing stuff in the background or pulling some strings. I don't believe that. Me neither, Um, because if that were true, this is really shitty and he should, like, we need a new one. (laughs) Exactly. We need a a new one. Exactly, (laughs) because it's not true. It can't, I cannot not only do I not believe it, like I cannot believe it. I just can't. Even if I wanted to, yeah. I, I cannot believe that because I'm looking at the world and I'm like, this doesn't make sense because why is the world in the 
state it is in <laughs> if yeah there is, why do there is horrible a... things happen to some people yeah that's not yeah. fair <laughs> Yeah. And it's the age old question, right? Like, you know, why is there suffering? Why is there pain? And I remember in church, all kinds of people were trying to answer that. And it always came back to sin. It's because sin came into the world. And that's why evil and bad things exist and diseases. Or, you know, sometimes it would be some people would say, well, it's it's God's God is testing people for something or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all of these sound like this is an abusive person <laughs> this is an abusive partner and why would i worship a god that behaves in this way right so yeah. like i i just cannot physically believe like my whole body is like rejecting the idea that a, an actual being exists i think yeah something something is working in the background some kind of energy um cuz i i can't deny that like if you know if you move if you do something then something works together with you you know mm. um but life is so random you know life is so so random like things happen to all kinds of people yeah um there is no rhyme or reason um uh, most of the time so i can't really believe yeah yeah there's someone in control it sounds nice and beautiful but it doesn't make any sense um <laughs> yeah. um so i can't really believe that and i'm other than that, I have no beliefs. Um, I I am very, very comfortable now to live with uncertainty because I lived with, quote unquote, certainty for like three decades. And I was told that it would be really scary on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, to, and now I realize actually it's not scary to live with that uncertainty. Like I'm, I feel completely free and really really at peace um so yeah if if you want to label me anything i guess it's atheist um very very happy atheist <laughs> wow i feel like this is a conversation we could continue having in more depth and we will detail but i feel like that's a pretty good overall perspective of where we both come from on this topic for now what do you think oh. Yeah, that was a long. Okay, back to Valentine's Day. Ah. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> that was good. Thank you so much for the chat and for sharing. Although I, I know I kind of talked a lot about... Um, thank you for interviewing me. Ah. No, it was really interesting. And it gives everyone a good idea where you come from as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that at some point. 